lips a simple recipe But it would mean so much to me Turn on the gas and make me feel fine All I wanna say is Just give me some hot pizza Steve Siddall here, along with Christy Paradis, and we welcome you to another episode of Financial Pizza. It's the only podcast that features clips and more from some of the best financial advisors heard on radio and in podcasts all around the country each and every week. And we bring it all to you, hot, fresh, and in 30 minutes or less. Uh, lots of good stuff today. We're going to have coach from uh, clips from Coach Pete, Eric Carney, Lori Hancock, Deb Christensen, and Joe Murphy, plus some other stuff along the way. And uh, so, hey, Christy, how's it going? It's Going good. I'm happy to be here. Got a great view of you, oh, Steve Siddall. I mean, you can see outside, too. That's uh, well, the better view. Uh, both. I've yeah, got yeah. both. Yeah, yeah. How about you? I'm doing well. I mean, uh, you know, made it through another week. I know we've kind of been, uh, you know, sort of hit and miss on these podcasts, but we're just busy. It's a it's a busy year already. 2024 is. is picking up steam. It is indeed. So, uh, well, I mean, you know, you've got some things. I've got some things. Let's uh, Let's just dig into that. What do you think? Let's go. That was the week that was. It's over. Let it go. That was the week that was. It started way up above. Well, it started out okay and it ended okay. The week uh, was, I mean, from a, uh, you know, they're, you know, from a Stock standpoint, I mean, things are pretty good. Things are hanging in, and, uh, you know, I guess that's how it'll end up. Um, let's see. The World Economic Forum's annual survey of policymakers, industry leaders, and experts, um, they, they say that uh, a recession, uh, recession woes have been eclipsed by fears around new technology and the impact on society. Wow. I didn't even see that. No, I, I didn't. It's kind of a silly story, I know. But, I mean, uh, it could be AI-influenced, oh, right? Oh, of course. Well, I think it is. Okay, yeah. I'm just making sure. Sure. So, uh, um, one more. Uh, let's see. Jeff Bezos. We know who he is. The Amazon fellow. The Amazon guy, yeah. Uh, let's see. He saw a massive increase in his net worth from $107 billion in early 2023 to $177 billion, 107 to $177 billion a year later. A $70 billion gain that equates to uh, an increase of $191,780,822 per day or $7,990,868 per hour. Well. $7 million an hour. Most people don't make that in a lifetime. I mean, I would like to say good for him, but I'm a little jealous, to be be honest. That's quite a quite a, a hefty raise. Well, yeah. So him. here's the thing. Um, he earns the equivalent of the median lifetime earnings of a typical U.S. worker, which is $1.7 million in 2023. He does that in a, a, a quarter hour. Well, a little less than a quarter hour uh, or about 12 minutes. Wow. Yeah. He makes that in 12 minutes. Amazing. So as much uh, as I will ever learn in my lifetime, <laughs> earn in my lifetime, he makes in 12 minutes. I mean, Imagine just trying to book him for a, a speaking gig. Yeah. He'd be like, ah, do you know how much I get paid by the minute? <laughs> you can't afford me. No, you can't. Speaking of high paid folks, there's an important announcement we need to make in the retirement vein. 
Nick Saban, legendary oh, yes. college football coach of Alabama, Roll Tide, has made the decision to retire. Now, he is arguably in the modern BCS and post, I guess, BCS college football era, the most well-known and highest paid. Would you like to venture a guess as to how much money this seven-time national championship winner has generated for the sport in that time? Oh, has generated for the for the uh, university? For all for just himself and his coaching staff will limit it to. Okay. So how much they've just, so it's got to be, I mean, it's got to be certainly high millions. 100 million. And the wow. fallout from his retirement announcement has been catastrophic. It, it might cost them tens of millions more to kind of bridge this gap from the contract payment for him to pay the new coach, to pay the offensive and defensive coordinators. And it just blew my mind to think that that is a lot of money. That's that a this lot of ma- money. Good for this man. And I'm glad that he's going to be able to retire and enjoy his golden years, even though, he, you know, yeah. I'm not sure that he really wanted to. No. But to retire, but... You go, Nick Saban. That's right. And I'm not even an Alabama girl. Oh, no, I'm not. You know, yeah, but it's a name that I've heard my whole life, I think. Yeah. Practically. Him and Bill Belichick, I think, are the visionaries. Exactly. Well, yeah, I I would agree with that. Yeah. How about John Harbaugh? Ooh. Yeah. That, I think that he's one of those coaches that's incredibly flexible, that he can do both college and NFL. It doesn't always work that way for folks. No, no, no. I am excited and hopeful for him, just so he can say, "Told you so." What about what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think so too. I, you know, I mean, I think it's his timing was perfect. I mean, they just won the national championship. Okay, I've done what I came to do. Boom. Yep, that's that's an exit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's take advantage. But I don't want to quit working. I'll go. To, I'll go coach the Rams. Yep, we'll see what I can do there. Yeah. No pressure. Well, well, again, the last time he was in the NFL, I mean, he he took he went to some championship games. You know? He did. There's that legendary gif that I'm thinking of of him arguing when he lost the challenge call with the ref, and he just gets out there and throws his headset. And <laughs> I love the energy. Oh yeah. Well, speaking of California, um, which is just kind of a sl- <laughs> kind of a stretch, but it's on the list. So we've got a list of the best. Um, the best states for drivers okay. in the country and the worst states for drivers. And again, you know, we're North Carolina. And, you know, I, I, I would argue with, with this because North Carolina ended up sixth on the list. Sixth on the of list the, of, of the, the best, best drivers. The, mm. Here's what I think North Carolina drivers don't do. <laughs> Use their turn signals. It's so true. It's, driving me crazy it's true i learned this way back i was in the army that was one of the things i learned in the army in a driving course what is the number one rule for defensive driving signal your intentions wow that is deep i hope they word that the same today well yeah i don't know why they wouldn't i remember it and that was in 1977 wow <laughs> and you are a native i don't know minnesotan 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 yeah minnesotan so and i'm uh Native, I guess, Yankee from New York, from upstate New York. 
and the defensive driving is something that as soon as I moved down here, my dad was like, let's get behind the wheel of a car in a parking lot so I could teach you how to drive the right way. Yes. And I'm surprised to see North Carolina that high up. Right. Well, uh, let's go through the uh, top six then, because I went down to six. Uh, Alabama's number five. Four is Oklahoma. Kansas comes in at three. Georgia at two. Number one, the best drivers are in Iowa. Wow. Well, you know, I, I got a guy in Iowa, Sioux City, Mark Geals. You know, I don't know how he drives. We'll but have to ask him. I'm going to ask him when I talk to him again. Is this a favorable state for driving conditions? <laughs> we would right. love to know, Mark. So the 20, the 20 worst states, well, I've got the top six in the list. Um, and again, number six for the worst drivers, Massachusetts. I believe that. And I know Richard Pelletier would concur. He's, he's in West Salem. He's, you know, he's an advisor that we hear from here on the show. Uh, number five, here's where California comes in because they're number five. Okay. As far as the worst drivers. I don't know. I lived in L.A. for a couple of years, and yeah, I would agree with that. It, it, it was rough, the traffic, when I was out there. It was enough for me to say, I think I'm going to come back yeah. east coast. Exactly. And what's, then, up, what's next? So uh, West Virginia comes in at four. Delaware, three. Number two is Washington, the number one worst state for drivers. Kind of surprising. Hawaii. Hawaii. I mean, is, that, is that because they don't have far to drive? Well, I was thinking maybe <laughs> the conditions because of the geography or something. Uh, all I know is that there's a couple volcanoes or dormant volcanoes. No, no, they're active. Oh, they're active. Sure. Okay. Well, some. Oh, wow. Why, well, don't then, you remember that whole city burned? Yeah. Oh, yes. That was very recently. So could that play a part in it? Like maybe it's more ter- <sighs> the rugged knows? terrain, off-road terrain, because it's a I don't. vacation spot. Well, it is, yeah. So I would love to know what folks would arguably concur the most, the best state for driving is and the worst state. I'm just curious if, if there is... I, because I think some folks would say New York or New Jersey would be challenging. But we'll have to dig into some more details because I like that. Okay. I like that topic. All right. Let's let's uh, let's do that. And um, what are we thinking now? Okay. So I've got a question for you. Okay. There was a survey conducted recently where financial advisors and financial planners were asked what the most common retirement planning mistake that was time related specifically related so just not saving enough or not not starting to save that is on the that is on the list but that is number six oh wow so what's the biggest thing that uh, that is time related time sensitive would probably be a better time sensitive um i don't well you got me i don't know underestimating the impact of inflation. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. At 49% and then underestimating how long you will live, 46%. That's a big deal. You know, and I think I think um, that longevity risk certainly is coming into play. Absolutely. I mean, with as much as, I mean, as you talk and I talk, we talk to advisors all over the country and that's something that's brought up almost every week. Right. It, it blew me away because overestimating your investment income Another time-related, time-sensitive matter at 42%. Investing too conservatively, 41%. And then setting unrealistic return expectations at 40%. So a lot of these that are 
time sensitive. And that's what these advisors that we work with, that's they help you hedge against these time sensitive issues. Mm-hmm. And so you're prepared and insulated properly. Sure. Well, I mean, on that note, why don't we shift into some uh, some clips here and, and we'll start with uh, um, America's Wealth Coach and bestselling author, Coach Pete Deruda. He is in studio with Thomas Lipscomb, our senior producer and uh, Hall of Fame, Hockey Hall of Fame broadcaster, Chuck Caton. Well, we talked earlier today about, uh, before we got on the air, about uh, three different things, about the three C's I was telling you about, you and Chuck, and and it really relates to any decision you make, but in financial planning and also income planning, retirement, it makes a whole lot of sense. And Mm -hmm. the three C's are, number one is confidence. How confident are you that your plan is how it was supposed to be? Like the person, the broker, the planner, whoever you've been dealing with, or maybe yourself, Whoever you've been dealing with has been telling you that, that you've got a true retirement plan. How confident are you you really do have a retirement plan? Chuck, what's one of the main components we need to see in a financial instrument or a financial strategy session or a financial plan that makes it a retirement plan? Well, I think it's called guaranteed income. Yeah, lifetime in income you cannot live. What do we call that? Uh, the financial fill-up. There you go. And this is where um, I came to you and uh, several years ago because I didn't have that kind of a plan. Yeah. In fact, I only had about a 90 or 95% chance of a successful <laughs> retirement, I was told by previous people. That's what your former broker told you, right? Yes. Thomas, if, if you're not getting a 100% chance of surety, a 100% chance that what I'm telling you is going to work, should you do business with me? Mm, I, I, think I would say no. I would say no. no I mean, you is. have to have 100 I mean, if you were getting on a plane, Chuck, and the pilot came on and said, we've got about a 90 to 95% chance of landing safely today. Welcome <laughs> on board and I know. buckle up. Especially the <laughs> Boeing <Buttercup>. executives. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, no, but here's the thing, and that happened. I have to give you an asterisk there. It happened in 07 and 08 when I was told this. So what happened when I lost 30%? Yeah. What, <laughs> I think that 90% went down to about 80 or All right. So <laughs> then, let me go back there in time. When you did lose that 30%, what did your broker say? Uh, you still, you know, stay the course. Uh, is that what he really it, said? It'll come back. Well, I know you're proactive, I, actually, Chuck. You were probably calling him, weren't you? I know uh, how you are. Yeah, no, no. We had several meetings, and uh, <laughs> it was kind of like football coaches on Black Monday, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, are you still going to work for me or not? You yeah, know? so what was it? There was never any real excuse no, then, it's just there? nothing. And then uh, it... Um, stay the course. Stay the course, and then... Is that uh, a plan? That's not a plan. No, it isn't the plan. That wasn't a plan for the Titanic, was it? Uh, no, no. Uh, not really. Uh, the Titanic was unsinkable, they said. So I, I've had people come in before and said, yeah, my plan is, what they're saying is, is the best thing ever or whatever. And I hear what I hear is, it's unsinkable. And yeah. then I think about the Titanic, and I, then yeah. I look at what their plan is, and it doesn't have any lifetime income. No, that's, it's already sunk. That's the component <laughs> you have to it's have. It's yeah. hard to sink something that's already sunk. That's well, right. And what's crazy to me is, is you're relying on professionals to do this, and, yeah. and, and you would think that – there is there has to be clear communication for one but why is why are more proactive steps not happening if they're doing no better than you would have done yourself why are you bothering yeah well again if you if you have confidence your plan is fine then you have number two is control if you know exactly what's going on and it is and you've verified it you trust but verified now you have control you have control over your retirement you retire on your terms instead of retirement sneaking up on you and telling you it's time to go yeah that's true. absolutely true and then yeah. you know in my case uh i uh, said this before that uh, we saw the light once we started working with you and uh, specifically parker holland at capital financial and uh, we have that uh, sleep well at night yeah. uh, thing going on because we do have lifetime income uh we yeah. do have guaranteed lifetime income we've got uh, you know you talk about your friend Tom Hegna having 13 sets of uh, 13 different uh, lifetime yeah. income there, checks. Yeah. Uh, well, he beat me 13 to 
two. Yeah. I've got two at least. So, well, if you want to learn now, now there's a word here. It's a term, and a lot of people uh, don't like this term for some reason because well, Grand, Granny had a bad one, and uh, and then because of that, everyone hates him now. Uh, Granny might have had a bad car back in the day. You don't you don't hate cars. You still drive cars. Absolutely, sure. but annuities. Yeah. And so annuity, there's good and the bad, and there's ugly. Uh, there's a lot of ugly ones. There's a lot of there's a lot of bad ones. There's a few good ones, and the ones that we like are ones where you have lifetime income added on. We call it the extended warranty on your plan. Chuck, we've talked about extended warranties on shows in the past, but Thomas, when you buy an extended warranty, what are you buying? You're buying extra coverage at the end of the day, a little bit of relief, a little bit of uh, pressure off your shoulders if something were to happen, maybe. What are you really buying? You buy a peace of mind. Peace of mind, yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah. you buy a peace of mind. So in the financial world, a lot of folks don't realize you could get extended warranty to make sure you have lifetime income you can never outlive. And we call it a paycheck annuity. It basically, it will give you a paycheck every single month or year, whatever you decide, for the rest of your life. You know, if you get one every month, it's going to be smaller than if you get one every year. Yeah. It'll be 12 times smaller, but you can get one every month. Yeah, sure. But uh, a lot of people like it once a year, mm-hmm. and then uh, they manage their money that way. And it's more money than they ever dreamed having because they already get their Social Security check. And so if you do it right, you can get two or three different streams of income. And it makes a whole lot of sense. It, yes, Thomas. It does. I actually have a clip from Tom Hegnett. And then I own multiple income annuities. And as you said, I've laddered them. So I have some that start when I turn age 60. I have some that start when I turn 62, some at 65, some at age 70. So I am guaranteed to have increasing income for the rest of my life. And a number of those are Roth. So it'll be increasing tax-free income for the rest of my life. That sounds good. It does. The three C's. I'm going to make that four and coach Pete Deruta. Is so, going to be one of the C's. So, well, okay. So, what are the three? I've got confidence, control, and right. then I'm going to say con- continuity. No, no, continuous. no they, didn't, they didn't ever get to number three. Chuck Caton. Chuck Caton, sure. So, we could, we could add all but these. But that's typical work. working with Coach. I mean, you know, he could say, we're going to go through a list of 10 things and we get to two. Right. <laughs> right. Because, because there's so much knowledge and wisdom in there i mean there's so much to unpack and he has it all on PeteOnDemand.com. you can dive into podcast financial safari rock on retirement and check out some of the awesome and free resources out there that coach offers right? sure absolutely it's nice of him very nice of him I'm, I'm anxious to hear this uh, this new little segment that we're going to introduce that you and uh, our own dave perkins dave perkins amazing t- t- production guy right uh, plus he's good at what he does just in general he's just a good guy sure but so this uh, this is called the world's worst financial advisor it is all right here we go The world's worst financial advisor. Look, I'm really worried about risk. I mean, what if we have another dramatic market downturn? Come on, what do you think this is, 1929? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I want to get away from some of the risk I'm in and build in income in retirement. Okay, income. Repeat after me. Have a nice day. Can I check that receipt? Uh, have a nice day. Can I check the receipt? Okay, need some work. We'll come back to that. Do you have GPS and a smartphone? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Ride share, income in retirement. But wait, there's more. Okay, here's your complete report for your retirement plan. The old 60-40, 4% rule, yada, yada, yada. Okay, wait a minute financial report for Henrietta Johnson. Who's that? Ooh, just saw her. Well, that'll be a quick fix. Okay. Wait a minute. Down here, who is Alfred Zikafus? Ooh, saw him just before Henrietta. 
I sure hope Henrietta doesn't notice that. Tune in next week when the world's worst financial advisor says, go all crypto. crypto. <laughs> I love that. That was with the help of Gary Nolan, Dave Perkins. Yeah, you. Oh, yes. I made a little cameo in there, too. And it's something that I think we'll be able to unpack here on pizza a little bit more too because we're going to be doing the world's worst client Ooh, as well look forward to that as the world it's kind of as the world turns a soap opera sure i feel. like that but on the flip side of the worst fi financial advisor we've got some of the best uh, we do have some of the best in fact let's uh how about we check in with eric carney and joseph lanza Two of my faves. Um, and uh, they're going to continue the conversation talking about strategy, creating income when there is a significant gap between the partners. And when you have a younger spouse and you may have a larger age gap, it can affect the plan as far as when you decide to retire. It can affect maybe the insurance needs that you may have on one spouse uh, rather than the other one. But at the end of the day, you need to make sure that both of those spouses are on the same page at what their goals are and that it's properly reflected in the plan as well. Sure. And well, I mean, you talk about uh, making sure they're on the same page and, and with the age gap. Now, in my situation, my wife is eight years younger than I am. And uh, the running joke is I'm going to retire and uh, you're going to stay working because oh. <laughs> I've got plans. <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot, too. Does it I really? Mean, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, and let me tell you something. I mean, your your wife will hate you for a little while. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, she's going to be like, yeah, jealousy. yeah, jealousy. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, so how often does it take in, in era? Does, do you ever see a situation where one said, you know, there is an age? gap and he says or she says i'm going to retire now and you're going to stay work well no 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 no. i want to retire with you there's some people that say that but then also i mean from a financial planning standpoint it's just not possible and so the bottom line is is that we really have to pay attention to what they each want on an individual basis and see how we can actually make that as a couple sure and you know this is a big area and that is when you talk about you know second third marriages oftentimes there's an age gap in there a, con a considerable age gap how mm -hmm. do you deal with that because that affects everything well, th this is why you want to make sure everybody is on the same page as well, because a lot of times when a couple will come in, more than likely, there's going to be one spouse that is more financially adapt and willing to go over everything with you. And sometimes the other spouse is actually disconnected from the meeting or just seems like, oh, they handle all this. So just go over it with them. And that's where we have to say as an advisor, no, we have to go over it with both of you, because a lot of people want an advisor to take over when if they know that if they're the ones that handle all the finances if something happens to them okay i know that my spouse can just go to you and get this handled well there you go wow that is very interesting and i will say that your lovely wife is a force to be <laughs> reckoned with i mean right so i have the utmost confidence in that arrangement but that's an interesting phenomenon that that eric and joseph discussed oh, yeah. about both partners being on the same page. Well, and again, of course, you can catch that show anywhere you get a podcast because it's everywhere. Also on the website, ericcarneyadvisor.com. Um, WealthWorks Radio. WealthWorks Radio. It airs weekends um, in on WCCF in Punta Gorda, Florida. And again, uh, you know, as, as far as the podcasts go, always there, always available. And um, so are we going to head up to, to Valpo? Let's go to Valpo, Indiana, where we find Joe Murphy. But we're going to start with a clip. Set this up for us. Okay. 
So CNBC had a few guests stop by, among them CEO extraordinaire Jamie Dimon to voice his thoughts about the election year and some of the short-sightedness and how that could impact the world of finances. I'm a little more on the cautious side that we are facing a lot of things in, 20, in 24 or 25. And you, we mentioned Ukraine, the terrorist activity in Israel, the Red Sea, quantitative tightening, which I still question if we understand exactly how that works. I don't think we do. How QE actually worked, what the effect of negative, you know, zero rates was for all this time, uh, and obviously the politics. And, you know, and then the Ukrainian war is affecting oil, gas, food, migration. So you have all these very powerful forces that are going to be affecting us in 24 and 25. So if I was the government, I would be preparing for what I'm going to do about that, assuming things aren't good. And I just also want to point out, I, I wish the Democrats would think a little more carefully when they talk about MAGA. That was an, that was an incredible clip. I really enjoyed it. Very candid, very... And, and like I said... Not we were talking off air, not finger pointing, you know, not right. just taking a side and, and using it to enrage people, actually making common sense points. And I was just like, wow. So if you get an opportunity, listen to that whole interview. He really goes into a lot of what's going on economically, quantitative tightening, what he feels, you know, will we have a recession? To me, the key indicator on the recession, Steve, and I think for a lot of analysts and advisors is going to be the job market. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the employment numbers that we've been seeing the next quarter, we're seeing big revisions. So the numbers that are actually being reported may not be the actual numbers. So there's a lot of opaqueness here. And, you know, Wall Street, if one thing, you know, again, you look under the hood, you might not like what you see. So we have to take it with a grain of salt. But that's why we always caution our retirement clients that, if we have an account that we have earmarked for income, although I love the upside, right? I want to get the upside because it's going to mean a better retirement for my client. However, if things go south and that account is fueling their life, um, I'm not a very good investment advisor. Oh, but he is a very good investment he is advisor. Humble. He is so humble and he is so smart. Those takeaways, like he said, in that short i believe it's only like a 17, 60 seconds, 17 yeah. minute interview oh the in whole interview is only 17 minutes. yeah we just took 60 seconds right it's just there's so much fact-based information that he's bringing up and it doesn't feel politically charged to me it didn't no not at all and i love i love joe murphy it's yes. no secret uh and but his analysis and his takeaways are spot on right one of my favorite shows every week Wealth Health Radio. Yeah. And uh, again, that's on uh, WIND in Chicago. Sundays at noon. Of course, it's a podcast available anywhere and everywhere. I want to encourage anybody just to, you know, just to su just subscribe to that and and great listen it's a it's a good yeah, it's just good stuff. Um he talked about being under the hood, which reminded me of um the the percent here's the thing, a question. What do you think the percentage of electric vehicles sold through US dealerships in December that were leased rather than bought? That were leased instead of bought. Yes. Okay, I'm going to say a low percent. I'm going to go low. 59%. I was going to say 12. So okay. I, I was way off. Way off. 50%. That yeah. were leased yeah. electric vehicles. That leased, that leased them anyway. Tesla, which says uh, sells directly to consumer. It doesn't include that number. Wow. Um, but uh, let's see. It fell to 2% of the, let's see, the, the leasing share of, of the other end of the spectrum. It fell to 2% of deliveries in the fourth quarter. That's the lowest in four years. Oh, my goodness. I thought it would. 
I thought yes. the purchases would have been going up and up and up, not the just the the lease part, right? But buying them outright because of the incentives for the electric vehicles. I thought there was some incentive being offered government wise. I couldn't give you too much more. Again, like you said, we're not. It, it's not a political show, no, it's but not. but I thought that would have just kind of soared. That's that's wild. Sorry for Elon, I guess. <laughs> I don't think it's going to matter. You think much. he's okay either I way? Th- I think he's going to be Whew. all right. Yeah, sure. Good. Um, do we talk about cicadas? Oh, I think so. I think I can do it. Okay. So uh, <laughs> this is. Just, I know we got to wrap it up here. I know, but billions of cicadas from two different broods um, are going to emerge this spring, and uh, it's it's a rare. I love the line here. It's a rare, buzzy, natural phenomenon that hasn't happened. Get this. These two breeds coming out at the same time, 13 years and 17 years, to come together. It's all start. 1803. It's taken that long for them to sync up. To sync up. Yeah. 1803. And uh, let's see. um, Oh, yeah. Thomas Jefferson was president at that point. That's the last time this happened. How? So this is this is. A, something that could have been an urban legend of sorts. Of sorts, of course. But uh, One but day a, it'll happen again. But again, let's see, there's brood, um, let's see, uh, 10, 11, 12, 13, and brood 14. Uh, they lined up their cycles, and, uh, you know, it's not going to happen again um, well, for a long time. What are we saying here? Yeah, the, it, yeah seven, they are 13 and 17 years. You know what, the skate is, the, the noise is amazing. And, and they're always there. And it won't happen again until 2245. 2245. So I, we will be long gone. The podcast gone. will be here. Yes, of course. But that is, I'm not a huge fan of big bugs, I guess. But, I mean, they have waited. This is the long game for them. So, like, I'm yep. rooting for them to, like, do live their best life. In that time, you've taught me a little bit about like. Well, they only live for a few hours. Oh, so they really need to live their best life. <laughs> yeah, they have one mission: reproduce. Oh, well, you get it, cicadas. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, you never know what you're gonna get. You never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> I'm rooting on cicadas. Shall we wrap up this this episode, uh, Chrissy? Let's do it. All right. uh, Let's see. Features, clips, and more from some of the best financial advisors. Well, you know that. Um, And we get to hear Chrissy giggle. (laughs) (laughs) Uncontrollably at times. All right. Well, again, uh, you can subscribe to Financial Pizza. We'll put it in your podcast collection automatically. They drop about 3 o'clock Friday afternoon. So there you go. Oh, and social media. Oh, yeah. Financial Pizza on TikTok. Financial pizza on TikTok. Yep, we're right. gonna be tick TikTokin'. So we're gonna we're gonna shift to video here soon too, right? Yep, we're gonna get some behind the scenes looks at okay. the financial pizza process, hot, fresh, and in thirty minutes or less. Bam. That's right, and and I've got a camera now, so I, I can have the video on my side, and you got a cap, so we can. Ooh. All right. That full court press. There you go. Love it. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. We really do appreciate it. We're going to be back again next week with another episode of Financial Pizza. Pizza. Coach P Radio.
Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Peter J. Deruta or his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Annuity guarantees are based solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Individuals should thoroughly review the contract for specific details of the product features and costs. Income payments and withdrawals from deferred annuities are generally taxable as ordinary income in the year they are taken. Money management is provided by Equus Capital Management. Equus is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in San Rafael, California. Investment advice by Capital Financial Advisory Group, LLC, a North Carolina-registered investment advisor. Insurance advice given by Capital Financial and Insurance, a North Carolina-licensed insurance agency. 